What is the culture of your church ministry team? And what can you do to develop others as leaders in your church? Welcome back to the BCI Mission Innovate podcast. In this 24th episode, we continue our engaging conversation with Pastor Matt Harima, lead pastor at Stonebrook Church in Ames. Building upon the foundation we laid in part one, we now delve into the power of leveraging the unique gifts within your team, fostering shared ownership in the team, and activating every church member to be in ministry. In part two of this interview, Pastor Matt explores the annual theme that Stonebrook Church leadership has embraced this year in order to fulfill their mission of making disciples. They're doing that through the activation of every church member in ministry. It's a really great paradigm, and I hope you benefit from it. Uh, By the way, if you're part of the BCI Cultivation Co-op, this interview might sound familiar because we originally released it through the Cultivation Co-op online toolbox. If you're not a part of the Cultivation Co-op, no worries. Church leaders from any BCI church can sign up for free at bciowa.org slash co-op. With that, let's get ready to gain practical insights and inspiration for your church ministry team as we jump into part two of the interview. I've got some questions that I think are kind of about how to set your team up to win mm-hmm. in in your church ministry, the ministry God has given to your particular local church. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think are, are ideal ways to identify and leverage the unique strengths that have been given to each of your members, mm-hmm. yeah, members of your team? I mean, right. So I, I think that there's a there's a few things that are occurring to me with that is recognizing a, the diversity of gifts. Right. It's really tempting mm-hmm. for me yeah. to. Uh, understand my strengths and say, so therefore a leader needs to have my strengths. And it, and it's mm-hmm. and it's super easy for me, just even, just not even as a leader, but as a Christian to say, man, this person is just not as strong in this mm-hmm. thing that I am gifted in as I am. So they must be really deficient. That's for whatever reason, yeah. the temptation is to focus in on the thing we're strong in and measure mm-hmm. people according to our strengths and find them lacking mm-hmm. rather than recognizing the diversity of gifts and flip the, flip that script a little bit and say, man, they are really strong in this area and I'm not so much. And so it's really important to recognize that the analogy in the scriptures for, or one analogy in the scriptures for the body of Christ is that we are not the full body. We are one part, meaning one body part, one joint, one ligament, Ephesians 4 says. So I always like to say, I'm the second rib down on the left. That's my, that's my gift. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah. guess I, I help reinforce the protection grid against the vital organs or something. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but that makes me not very good at smelling things. You know, right. right. So yeah. I just have to recognize that's not, that's not a deficiency in me. Um, I'm just not a nose. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is a nose. So, and I don't, you know, that analogy goes only that far and no farther, but, um, yeah. so, so recognize the diversity of gifts. So it's going to be hard to recognize somebody as a strong minister if they are differently gifted from you, but recognizing that a strong leadership team is going to consist of a variety of gifts. Okay. And then is your objective then to just find the right ministry capacity to put that person into as part of your ministry team? So, you know, the language that, that some of the best, you know, organizational health books put to this is um, uh, get the right people on the bus, uh, get the right, get those people then in the right seats on the bus and then figure out where you're going. Hmm. So we, we tend to get those things backwards. We tend to mm-hmm. f- try to figure out where do I want to take this ministry? And now I have to find people to fill those seats. 
but rather understand that it's God who assembled this little congregation together to do the work of ministry he has for my little area. And so what did God design here? You know, so, so kind of looking at the blueprints that God put together in these people, which requires that, you know, your people yeah, and then give up on your little hobby horse ministry and then figure out what it is that God has for ministry for your church. And does this relate to what you might think of as like, we, you know, we often talk about vision, yeah, like a pastor absolutely. should have a vision. Yep. And, and is that, is that what you're saying is that it, it might be, that might be part of like what I really want to accomplish or what I want to see God accomplish in this church right. is this, yeah. but to hold that loosely because you don't know who God has brought to yeah. the table to be part of the team. Or, or at least hold the implementation loosely. So, you know, I'm, I am not one of those guys. In fact, I would encourage you not to be the kind of guy who's like, I'm going to go away on a mountain and figure out the vision that God has for the church. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works that way. I don't mm-hmm. think God has ever really worked that way. Um, even Moses, it wasn't like that. Moses was not going to try to discern to try to discern the the vision that God had for Israel. Moses was going to the mountain to hear physically from God's lips, mm-hmm. <laughs> the directions. So we're not Moses, right? Yeah. Um, instead, uh, instead, I think it's where two or three are gathered that I'm there in their midst. And so it's in the mm-hmm. plurality, it's in the community that God works. So I think as a leader, it's good to have some sort of, some sense of vision. Where should this church be going? But that sense mm-hmm. of vision should rise out of first sound doctrine, yeah. First, you know, biblical principle, mm-hmm. and second, an awareness of your people. So, you know, one one rubric I've heard for this is first you have to you have to understand it's, it's principles, then people, then pro program, and we mm-hmm. tend to flip that. We tend to imagine a program that we want, try to find the people that can staff that program, and then come up with some principles that help us operate that program. Instead, yeah. flip it. What principles should we operate under? What principles do the Bible have for ministry? Two, who are the people that God has put me here with to, mm-hmm. to work with? And then three, from that, discern the programs. Do you think that relates to how, for example, elders are called to be able to teach? Yeah. You know, that that's one of the main, that's one of the requirements of an elder is that they they are able to teach. Does that lean toward what you're saying? Yeah. Being able to have a, to have right doctrine that provides principles mm-hmm. by which to guide. I think absolutely I so. That? Yeah. And, and, you know, a place I'd go, I, I would, you're saying the right thing. I think I would use the Titus verse, able to instruct in sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. That's the thing you mean. I think the able to teach thing has more to do with uh, a life that looks like something they want. So they are listening to you. You know, it's a, it's a character requirement as well. That is, uh, able to teach as a character requirement, meaning people want to listen when you speak. So you have a life, hmm. you have a life that it's, it's possible to have a life that people just, I don't care what this guy has to say in this area. I, his life doesn't, you know, yeah, doesn't match up. So yeah, that's a where character worth comes emulating that's that it. people want you. to you come to you and learn. Exactly. Yep. Okay. But the, the instructing sound doctrine, that's why that requirement's there for elders. Yeah. And that may lead into the next question, which is, you know, what are what are things you can do to create a sense of shared ownership mm-hmm. and responsibility among the team members mm-hmm. so that it's, again, not just a man, a pastor who goes away and gets, a, a you know, receives a genius vision right. and then has to drag along others with him. Yeah, I love that word genius, by the way. That's like 
that isn't that an uh, Arabic word for demon? So (laughs) by the way, we just, um, or Latin or something, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think part of that's instruction. So, you know, I teaching and leadership are kind of my thing. So everything looks like I have a hammer. So everything looks and looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. So part of this is instructing people about Ephesians four. My job is to equip you for the work of ministry. Check out a few verses later. It says when the body with every joint and ligament with which it is equipped, those that's you, you're a joint, you're a ligament. Hmm. When those things are, when those joints and ligaments are doing their work properly or are working properly, the body builds itself up in love, Hmm. you know? So keeping that at the forefront of whatever vision you propose, you are first reminding yourself that your job is to equip those joints and ligaments to do their part properly. And then this church doesn't grow unless you are doing your part properly. So if you set up a program to operate, whether or not the people show up and you know, you're setting yourself up for failure and rather reminding people, Hey, if you don't show up like this thing doesn't happen, you know, um, you want, do you want this? Do you want this church to grow? And I'm not speaking in terms of we need to grow in numbers so we can be really popular. I'm saying Mm -hmm. so that this community is reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, the only way that's going to happen is if you take up your mantle as an ambassador for Christ, you take up your mantle as a minister You take up your mantle as a gifted member of the body, a gifted child of the most high God, and you are tasked with some ministry out there somewhere. Let's work together to discover that. So one, you have to be um, disposed as a leader to understand that your task is to send all these people out rather than control everything. Right. And then two, you have to remind the people that if you don't do the work of ministry, the work of ministry doesn't get done. And this ties right into what you said is, I believe you said it's sort of like your, um, a key phrase for the year, maybe correct if I'm wrong, yeah, but that's it's right. the every member a minister. That's our theme, our theme, theme for this year. Okay. Yep, that's right. And hopefully that becomes, by the way, a core part of our DNA as a church. But yeah, yeah keep going. What are practical, uh, what are the practical and pragmatic ways that you are trying to mm, see that become part right. of your culture? Okay, so I'll just walk that out for you quick. And if something sticks, mm-hmm. we can we can keep it. But we have four, we have kind of a progression of four phrases that that print, print out really well, right? So mm-hmm. um, so phrase number one, well, all of this, just with, every time I give us the premise is, according to God's call and in his timing, Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So a preamble of preamble, sorts, right? Yep. Every attender, a believer, every believer, a member, every member, a minister and every minister thriving. That's the, that's the vision for the year. Every attender, a believer. So everybody who shows up and interacts with our ministry has an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. our, that's what our ministry yeah. is. Our ministry is not to put on dinners. Our ministry is not to uh, make quilts. Our ministry is not, you know, it's not so much quilting anymore. It's weighted blankets now, right? right. <laughs> um, our ministry is not to have craft time and have nice conversation mm-hmm. over coffee. Those are all maybe part of what happens incidentally as we do our work. What is our mission? What's the mission of the church? It's the great commission, make mm-hmm. disciples, right? Right. Um, there's a lot more to be said about that, but basically every attender, a believer means that we're going to be, our, our mission is the great commission and we want to see people come to Christ. Um, and so every, uh, believer, a member. So if you are at Stonebrook community church and you are a believer in Jesus, and this is your local church home, we want you to pursue, um, formal membership in the church. It's going to look different in churches, depending on your conviction on church membership. Right. But Mm -hmm, uh, as Southern Baptists, you know, we have Mm -hmm. a lot to say about membership, um, a a membership, membership in the church. We want, it it really is. It's just acts two 42. Um, they devoted themselves to the fellowship, 
that word fellowship is a noun, not a verb. Um, so they devoted themselves to the fellowship, meaning hmm. the people. Um, and we walk that out here in a formal membership process. So we want okay. to encourage people to go through that process because mm-hmm. in that process, lots of things happen. Right. Right. And then as part of the membership process, we say, okay, as a member of this body, you are a joint ligament that is this body is equipped with to do some work. What is that work? So mm-hmm. every member, a minister. So that's part of, is an accountability there. Where are you serving? And that doesn't have to be in the programs of the church. It doesn't have to be as an usher or a greeter or a Sunday Mm -hmm. school teacher. It may be that it's out in the community, that there's, there's Mm -hmm. some ministry out there that we are helping equip and encourage them in to go out. So I just wanted to be clear on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then every minister thriving is, that's a statement of, of community and accountability and good pastoral uh, shepherd and good oversight that mm-hmm. we are making sure that we're not just leveraging people as cogs in a machine, but we want to make right. sure that the result of their, uh, of their service and ministry, the result of their engagement in the ministry of the church is that they grow and thrive spiritually. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, that's by the way, the promise of Jesus in John 15. Um, so, you know, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and it goes on from there and say, um, so that your joy may be full. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of a paraphrase of, of, uh, John 15, I think it's eight through 11, somewhere in there. Um, and the, the way we try to frame it is we have this really complicated phrase that I never thought would stick, but is starting to, but we are cared for in, uh, we are cared for spiritually and we grow and thrive spiritually as we engage in the every member, one another ministry of comfort, encouragement, equipping, and there was something else. Um, see, it's super memorable. I can, <laughs> um, I think, I think it's a reconciliation, reconciliation, comfort, encouragement, and equipping. So we're just cherry picking from second Corinthians and some other places. It's a member. It, our ministry is reconciliation, comfort, encouragement, and equipping. So that's mm-hmm. what we're all here to do. We're all here to help each other be reconciled to God. We're all here to comfort one another. We're all here to encourage one another. We're all here to equip one another in the, in the faith. So what do you think are some ways that you can motivate and encourage your ministry team? Yeah. So I'll start by saying, I'm not great at this. Yeah, hmm. just, just, just by the way. And that's why plurality and teamwork is super important. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, affirmation and appreciation are super important. Um, by the way, on our, on our annual, like here's our playbook for the year, including our roles in that playbook. Um, each one of us on the team has next to our name areas for improvement. Oh, and yeah. those two have been perennial areas for improvement in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fortunately our team is blessed with people who are really good at that. So mm-hmm. expressing affirmation and appreciation is super important. I guess I just answered the question by how do you motivate and encourage? And I just answered it with by motivating and encouraging them, <laughs> <laughs> but helping them to see, helping them to see in specific ways uh, where a job was well done. And mm-hmm. sometimes uh, I think I get hung up on the fear that I'm going to maybe inflate their pride or ego or come across as patronizing or something like that. That's my fear. Um, but mm-hmm. never is true. Almost always what's going on is people are struggling with self-doubt and imposter syndrome, and they Mm -hmm. don't know if they're really doing the thing that they should have been doing. They don't know if they did the task according to what was asked. And it it just, you know, um, what is it? Outdo one another in showing honor, Mm -hmm. right? The scriptures say. So it's never, it's never a wrong time to affirm that was a job well done, um, Mm -hmm. to, 
um, I think in my, my flesh or my natural disposition is to say, well, you just did what I asked you to do. So suck it up. Mm-hmm. Cause Jesus said that too, right? You only did what you were supposed to do. <laughs> That's not exactly <laughs> yeah. what he meant when he said right. that, but, um, it's, it's amazing how much, uh, water to a thirsty soul and a, a, a word of affirmation and word of appreciation is. Yeah. Um, and that goes a long way with motivating also clarity, um, clarity in the expectations. That's extreme, highly motivating. Um, so clarity in the expectations and then clarity with, yes, you did the thing. Right. That was it. Good job. Yeah. So that was maybe. Yeah. And one of those is kind of forward looking clarity about mm-hmm. what, you know, and then again, both That's these right. are kind of ways of motivating mm-hmm. to say clarity about what I hope you will do right. next, mm-hmm. but then also the kind of the affirmation of, of yep. good job, uh, well done on yep. what you have already done. Yep which is kind of looking back. So what do you hope God will do through your leadership here in the local church? You know, this is going to sound pious, but I think I really just want to please Christ. I want, I want him to be glorified. I want mm-hmm. to honor him. I think that's going to happen as I am with, with integrity and authenticity and all those other buzzwords mm-hmm. as I am um, who he made me to be. And so uh, he gave me a gift uh, he gave you a gift. He gave every believer a gift or multiple gifts. And I don't even know that we should be too focused on the precise gift that he gave us, but he has gifted us to build the body up, right? Um, so that it builds itself up in love. I'm just, I'm kind of infatuated with Ephesians four these days. Hmm. And so he's glorified as I am who he made me to be in the church for the sake of others. So that, um, they, they thrive and flourish. So it, it, you know, I happen to have the gift of leadership and teaching probably. I think that's been, that's been affirmed. I, I say that with some hesitance because I also think that gifts can change over time, by the way, hmm. he can re-gift. He can like say, oh, now I'm giving you this tool, go use it. Mm-hmm. But so I don't want to forge too much of my identity on these are my gifts. But one of the ways that I've defined leadership is helping others to have courage in the spiritual battles they face. That's the, you know, that's the, that's the task of leadership, helping others have courage in the spiritual battles they face. That's one way of saying it. The other is, um, leadership is there for, um, spurring one another on to love and good deeds and kind of showing the, uh, setting the pace, showing the way that kind of thing. So really, I mean, all, all that to say, I really hope, um, that by God's grace, as I'm doing the thing he created me to do, people know Jesus and thrive in their life and in their death. Thank you for joining us for the second half of this insightful interview with Pastor Matt Harima. As you reflect on this conversation, consider the next step you can take in providing clarity to your team or offering words of affirmation and encouragement. How can you lead in a way that nurtures a ministry team culture that embraces individual gifts and fosters active participation from every member of your church. We trust you found immense value in this interview. Check out the Cultivation Co-op at bciowa.org slash co-op to access a wealth of resources and tools on discipleship and leadership. And stay tuned for more interviews from the BCI Mission Innovate podcast.